the FF Educator, joined by Skip Newton, of course, from the Debbie Show, but a rookie sicko all year long with us. Skip is up bright and early on this Saturday before day three officially kicks off because we have to talk about a chaotic day two, Skip. So many fantasy implications, so much to break down. We're going to do our best uh, to give some initial reactions, impressions, projections, rankings. So many thoughts, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good, but man, what a bizarre, bizarre day on day two. Just, just some of the things that these NFL teams, the, the decisions that they make, I find just completely baffling at times. It, it, it just, I'm shaking my head. I'm like, what, what are they doing? I, I don't get it. It was funny. I, I asked Ant for one word after day one, and I believe his word was confusing. So confusing, bizarre. It, it does feel like this is properly summing up the weekend here. Um, there's a lot of directions that we could go in in the way that we're going to talk about these guys. Um, but I think it's going to be best for us to go position group by position group. And we're going to start with the position group that doesn't normally get the headlining attention. Okay. But the tight ends. They were a featured story of last night's class. So we can go in a, in a few different directions here, but, you know, kind of off the top, Michael Mayer goes to the Las Vegas Raiders um, a little bit into the second round there. Of course, Dalton Kincaid, the only one that went off the board day one. Uh, Sam Laporta was actually the first tight end to go off the board on day two. He went to the Detroit Lions. You had Darnell Washington skip slip all the way to the end of day two based on apparent medicals. Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft both went to the Green Bay Packers. So there's there's a lot to break down there. You have Luke Schoenmacher being the, the tight end that goes to Dallas. Uh, Cameron Latu sneaks in there at the end. I think I hit him all right. Or no, Brenton Strange to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep, that's the last one, but... Yeah, it's a it was a definitely a day of the tight end. And we we talked about this, you know, for weeks heading in about about a deep, talented tight end class. And the NFL clearly agrees with us. I mean, with with what is that eight, eight guys on on day two. And man, I was all all excited, you know, talking with with people during the, the first round about, you know, yeah, I don't I don't think you should take a, a tight end in round one. And these were, were Packer fan, fans, friends of mine you know, wait till day two or, or, you know, Sam Laporta, he's, he's my sleeper. I, I love this guy. And they're like, Oh yeah, we do too. Well, then he becomes the second tight end off the board. It's like, well, so much for a sleeper. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, that was a really interesting one. You know, I'd hyped up Sam Laporta. I thought a pretty good amount um, pre-draft, but nowhere near, you know, I, I would not have thought um, that he would have gone off the board before Mayer. I think that's what really floored me about that Sam Laporta pick. Um, when you plug him into the projections, though, Skip, you know, for, for folks who don't know, Sam Laporta, he is an athletic pass-catching tight end. You know, he was kind of used in a variety of different ways because he is physical. 
Um, and Iowa would even use him kind of in like a quasi H-back role at times. But when you plug him in, there's plenty of volume to be had in Detroit. And they haven't addressed the wide receiver position. And of course, Jamison Williams is missing the first six games of the season. I mean, how many times did we get frustrated with a Brock Wright touchdown last year? So there's legitimate fantasy value here with Sam Laporta. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's he's up there. You know, right now I've got him at at tight end three from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he, he breaks tackles. Like you said, he's a physical tight end. And I I think this is exactly the kind of guy that Detroit really falls in love, love with. The, the, the kind of new regime over there. They like these these physical, you know, get in your face type of football players. So it makes sense from that perspective that they went with Laporta. I'm, I'm still a little confused as to why would you trade Hawkinson and then you use a high second round pick on a tight end. It's like, why don't you just keep TJ Hawkinson? But apparently they, they wanted to want to start over at the tight end position. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that Sam Laporta is your tight end three. He's, he's currently projecting out as my tight end three as well. Uh, I'm, I'm still holding holding to the same tight end one that I came in with. It is closer, but I'm still in on Michael Mayer. I know it was a little bit of a slide. Uh, I, I think it's so relative, though, because any other year, the top of the second round tight end, we wouldn't consider that a slide, right? Like Trey McBride was tight end one, and I think he went basically into the third round. He was a late second round pick last year. You And then you look at this, the the weapons that Las Vegas has built. Uh, they drafted Trey Tucker last night to go with Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro. So obviously you have Devontae Adams there, but Michael Mayers is a large presence in the offense. And you have to think when they get into the red zone, he's probably going to be target number one for Jimmy G, right? Yeah, I would I would say so. You know, the, the thing that I look for with, with tight ends when it comes from a fantasy perspective is you want you want guys that are that are ideally going to be one or two on their team and targets. I mean, those are the the difference makers at tight end. Otherwise, yeah. you know, your your tier two of tight ends could go from number four to number 20. I mean, it really is, you know, just kind of the flavor of the week. There's an opportunity here at, at Las Vegas for him to immediately be one of the top two, or if not, you know, if not top two, for sure, the, the third guy in targets. And I, and I love that. I mean, you know, Myers is, is solid. He's, he's a good player. Hunter Renfro really took a step back last season, much to, to my disappointment, because I've got a lot of Renfro shares. But but yeah, I mean, it, it's it could it could be huge for Mayer and. You know how long how long is Devonte Adams going to be there? I mean, we don't know. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm 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 still keeping him at number one, but really, really do love that that those first three tight ends now in, in fantasy. You know, when you combine Dalton Kincaid from from day one, yeah, it's a pretty good little tier, and that's not something that we can walk away from every draft with. You know, I'm I'm comparing the numbers last year, Skip, and I want to point out, like, I like Trey McBride. Like, I was you know, right in there with, with pretty much everyone. I have plenty of exposure to him, but you know, Trey McBride has about the same rookie big board rating as Sam Laporta. And I have Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer in a tier above that. So, you know, this is definitely the year to get in on the tight end class. It's going to be interesting here to, to do the projections and, and try to really sort out what's going on in green Bay. You know, my, my thought process here with what the Packers are doing is they're just finding as many athletic weapons as they can. Of course, they added Jaden Reed as well. And I think that they're kind of comfortable with the, uh, what was it, the the New England Patriots approach a couple of years back when they drafted Dalton Keene and Devin at CSE. I think they kind of are just, let's get as many people in the building and see who wins wins out the targets. 
Yeah, that does appear to be the the way to go, uh, the strategy there. You know, it it's this is one of those weird things from from day two. I mean, Musgrave goes to the the Packers with the eleventh pick in the second round. I'm like, okay, that that tells us something. And there's plenty of opportunity in Green Bay, like you said. I mean, man, he could he could really be the guy. And they come back in the middle of the third round and take Tucker Craft. I'm like, oh well. Now I guess it's a competition and we'll have to wait until, you know, reports in camp and, and see who appears to be the guy. So plenty of opportunity, but, but definitely a, a clear as mud situation for, for fantasy when it comes to those two guys. One of many uh, gut punches that the NFL threw us last night, Skip, um, a lot more of them came at the wide receiver position. So, you know, there's a lot of different directions we can go down. I'll let you decide which one of these guys we dig into first. But just kind of as a quick recap, uh, Jalen Hyatt ends up going to the New York Giants at the top of the third round. Uh, Marvin Mims goes to the Denver Broncos late second round. Uh, Jaden Reed goes early to the Green Bay Packers. Josh Downs lands with the Indianapolis Colts outside of top 50, but not too far outside of it. Cedric Tillman lands with the Cleveland Browns uh, early third. Uh, Tank Dell goes late second to the Houston Texans. Rashi Rice comes off the board uh, pretty early relative to expectations for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Jonathan Mingo kind of highlighted the night by going, uh, I believe, the first wide receiver on day two goes to the Carolina Panthers. Michael Wilson also uh, snuck in there for the Arizona Cardinals uh, at the end of things. It's going to be there will be uh, fantasy impact players out of this group, Skip. I think the question is parsing through and figure out which ones are worth, you know, taking those, those second round rookie picks on. Yeah. Just like tight end where, where we feel good about the top tier, we feel good about the top tier at, at wide receiver after day one. I mean, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. The the second tier is going to be a, a real mystery. You know, the, the landing spot and the draft capital is, is a huge factor here. You know, we were just talking about the Packers with the two tight ends Jaden Reed is very intriguing to me. Yeah, he, is. he was kind of a guy that people weren't really talking about. He gets, you know, middle of the, the second round draft capital again in a situation where there's opportunity and man, that, that could be a, a sneaky player for, for people. Cause it, again, people weren't really talking about him. You know, I, I know you were super high on Jalen Hyatt, coming into the draft you and and Anthony and I'm I wasn't as high on Hyatt he goes to the Giants how do you feel about about that landing spot are you are you just as high on him now as you were going in yeah I feel like I'm gonna continue to struggle with Jalen Hyatt because this has only made things messier for me right because I am a Giants fan so there's that excitement that's coming through as well (laughs) so you know there's there's this mixed emotion of uh, I'm excited because he's a giant. I was uh, very disappointed when I saw that he would continue to slide. Uh, but I think this is an opportunity to get him at a good value. And I say that because, you know, you plug him into the Giants offense and I do think he leads the way in targets. Right. Uh, who else on this offense is going to get targets? So they have Paris Campbell. Uh, they have who was like on a one year vet minimum deal, basically. Wandale Robinson who I do think the Giants like and who I do think they're going to deploy, but he's not really going to be somebody that commands target share, right? Isaiah Hodgins was a great addition to their roster last year, but I don't think that's going to be their go-to guy. And then you have Darius Slayton, who who does have the ability to still be really relevant. But when I'm looking at who's going to stretch the field, who's going to get uh, the touchdowns, 
it's probably going to be Jalen Hyatt. I think one of the things that Hyatt doesn't get enough credit for, I know he really gets slammed on his yak ability, but I can really see Daniel Jones just kind of dropping some slants to Jalen Hyatt and, you know, having a, a big yards after catch potential in that way, not necessarily as the shaky, elusive guy, but just somebody who's able to literally run with the ball in his hands after the catch. So uh, where I'm at with Jalen Hyatt is by default, he's still going to be high up there in the wide receiver rankings, but that's just because things kind of got messy for, for everyone not named Jordan Addison, basically. Yes. Yes. We don't need to go back into day one, but as, as a Vikings fan and an Addison fan, that was a, a perfect marriage for me. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about that. You know, you mentioned, you know, Mingo kind of a surprise as the first wide receiver taken on day two, another place where there's plenty of opportunity there. I mean, you know, they added DJ Chark, they added Adam Thielen, but you know, Thielen's, you know, long in the tooth. He's not going to be around. I don't think too much longer, Maybe our guy, Terrace Marshall, comes in and, and does something, but you know, clearly he's not a guy that, that's proven himself. LaVisca has been a, a disappointment. So Mingo could could look really good. And and I love the pairing with you know the 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 first you know overall pick, Bryce Young at quarterback. I mean, I, I like that. Okay, they're gonna kind of develop and grow together. And if, if they can make a connection, that could be exciting for fantasy. Yeah, you know, Mingo, and, and don't get me wrong, because going through the pre-draft process, I liked Mingo. You know, I love his athleticism. I love his ability to essentially haul in any catch. I mean, if you go back and watch the old Miss tape, I mean, he makes some ridiculous off-target passes. So he's he's a fun player to watch, um, and he definitely has all the upside. And if you want to go ahead and make that pick in your in the second round of your rookie drafts, you know, I think that's where he's going to go. I think this is going to be a guy that I'm going to let my league mates hit on. Um, if they're, if they're going to hit on them, just because if you look at what Carolina is doing, I actually think it's really smart. You know, you're building out not, you know, it, it's not this idea of, of you have a rookie quarterback, you have to go in and try to sign all these stars. What they've done is put together a collection of, of wide receivers that win in a lot of different ways, right? You look at Adam Thielen, um, possession wide receiver, DJ Chark can take the top off of an offense. You know, Terrace Marshall is still there. Jonathan Mingo is a little bit more of a, of a physical boundary type guy with, with that large catch radius, like I said. So what I think Carolina is doing is, is seeing how many different types of weapons they can put around Bryce Young, see which types of players that he clicks best with, and then they'll go ahead and, and reinvest and upgrade in that position or those types of players here as you know Young kind of gets into that competitive window of year two or three it would be a very similar build to what the Buffalo Bills have done with Josh Allen. And, you know, not that Young and Allen are a one-to-one, but just talking from a franchise-building standpoint. So I think Mingo is better for an NFL purpose. I think it's good for Bryce Young. I'm not willing to put up the type of capital that that I'm going to have to to get for Jonathan Mingo, where, what, three weeks ago I thought I was going to get him in the fourth round. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and Carolina, you know, is obviously a rebuilding team, so they're probably not going to be – really good. They just, they just scream. I'm going to, we're going to take a top wide receiver in the first round next season to, to give our, our young quarterback a, a great target, you know, so maybe that becomes a, a perfect spot for Marvin Harrison jr. I mean, I could see that happening. We got to talk about Kansas city and Rashi rice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. talk about a guy who's going to go skyrocketing up, you know, r- rookie boards. There's nothing but opportunity there. I mean, there's no wide receiver there where you're like, okay, he's the guy. So 
once again, we're going to be playing this game with Kansas City wide receivers and, and see who who shakes out as the best. Yeah, I know. I am feeling a little gun shy on this one. And <laughs> I, I think it's for a couple of reasons, right? Like I, originally, I feel like I was high on Rashi Rice, like going back to summer scouting, you know, playing a lot of CFF. We've seen Rice a lot over the last couple of years, and he's definitely been on the radar. Um but, you know, going into his 2022 tape, it was fine. You know, there were some hand concerns for me. There was some uh, separation concerns for, for, for me, uh, just in terms of consistency with Rashi Rice. So I wasn't ever quite, you know, uh, uh, at the top of his, his hype train going through this draft season. And I just, I just feel like the price is going to be too high again for Rice. You know, he's probably going to go early second round in some leagues. Um, and, and his projection is good. You mentioned targets. You know, I do have him with 90 targets in that offense. The question for me is going to be touchdowns. Is he going to be the touchdowns guy? You know, is Sky Moore going to be more of a presence? Is Kadarius Tony just going to get in the way? And I think what folks do have to understand is that any wide receiver in this offense is still a far second in the pecking order of targets on this offense, right? It, it will continue both in uh, targets and touchdowns continue to run through Travis Kelsey. Yeah, 100%. When it comes to to Kansas City wide receivers and, and these high draft picks that they keep spending year after year, I, I kind of feel a bit like John Wick. I'm I'm going to I'm going to take my shots, but I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to keep keep fighting and pe- keep pulling the trigger. I I will definitely have some Rashi Rice just on the chance that he becomes the guy there and you know maybe that's not even their strategy. Maybe they're just like, "You know what? We've got the guy at tight end and we're just going to throw a bunch of bodies out at wide receiver and whoever happens to get open on any particular play is going to be the target. Cause McCombs doesn't care, but I'm just, I, I just in case I I'm going to, I'm going to take him. I know I am. I can feel it already. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I'm just ha- happy. They, uh, they didn't add like another small speedy guy, right? Like we got some size. Um, and I'm sure Mahomes will be happy about that too. You know, the, the guy skip that I, you know, seemed consensus lower on through, through the whole process, but I'm very excited about his landing spot is Josh Downs, you know, at at least from an NFL perspective. And I do think that this carries over for for fantasy. I don't know that we got a more perfect landing spot. Um, It's perfect for Josh Downs in terms of the role that they're going to want him to play in that offense. We have two big guys on the boundary kind of spreading out the field a little bit. And Josh Downs will be able to work the seam. You know, I think best case scenario, kind of in like a Hollywood Brown-esque way with the Ravens. And worst case scenario, you know, like a healthy KJ Hamler. Like those are the two situations I'm kind of, you know, drawing to immediately in my mind in terms of projections. Um, And it's great for Anthony Richardson too, because it gives him a very different weapon to throw to. So I was really excited when I saw uh, his name get called off the board for the Colts. Yeah, that that was a good pick. I'm, and he's going to be right in the, the thick of things for me in that, in that tier of all these, all these guys that, you know, have an opportunity, but you're right. I mean, there it's a, it's a great landing spot and you know, he, he did nothing but produce at North Carolina and people seem to be kind of just, you know, poo pooing that for some reason. I mean, they're really nitpicky on Josh Downs and I, I think he could be a, a nice value pick. You know, you're going to get him what mid second round, I think. So yeah, 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 it's, he could be very nice. Yeah. I'm definitely excited about Josh Downs. Um, you know, I, I noticed, um, you know, I'm not normally big on the small wide receivers. That's not normally my thing, but I got to tell you, Tank Dell does interest me uh, just because there is volume potential and 
you know, I, I think in my head, you know, my initial reaction is to put all these small guys in a bucket. Like, oh, I'm not going to bite on Calvin Austin this year. I'm not going to bite on Tutu Atwell this year. But Tank Dell is, is a much better route runner and I think much more explosive through uh, through routes than either of those two guys. And in Houston, there there is opportunity there. Um, opposite of John Mechie, it's going to be a pretty fast offense for C.J. Stroud to distribute to. Oh, for sure there's opportunity there. I mean, there's a bunch of guys that are, you know, unproven or or just, just you know, guys. I mean, Robert Woods is well past his prime. Noah Brown is, you know, just a guy from, from Dallas. Nico Collins, we keep hoping he's going to have a breakout, but he really doesn't. And then, you know, who knows what, what Mechie's going to do coming, you know, coming back from from his situation, you know, and everybody of course is rooting for him, but yeah, I, I, I think tank Dell, cause I'm with you. I'm not usually a smaller wide receiver guy, but man, nice, nice landing spot with plenty of opportunity. And again, getting to, to grow and develop with a, a rookie quarterback who is almost for certain going to be the, the day one starter. You know, Skip, I think if I told you going into day two, that we'd get five running backs come off the board, we would have been pretty cool with that. We would have been pretty excited about that. Um, but <laughs> uh, looking at it now, uh, I think we just leave with a with a lot of question marks here. So these are guys that were, you know, NFL teams invested high draft capital in. But you have Devin Achain going to the Miami Dolphins. Um, late second round, if I'm remembering correctly. Zach Charbonnet goes off the board high. Um, just outside of a top 50 selection. But he goes to the Seattle Seahawks. You have Tank Bigsby, who goes to Jacksonville. You have Kendra Miller, who lands with the Saints. And you have Tajay Spears, who lands with the Titans. Uh, Skip, with the exception of, of Achain, we have four talented running backs that are at least, you know, at first look, stuck in the depth chart. Yeah, and and I think this is why we why you wanted to start with tight ends because you just had to avoid the Zach Charbonnet topic for as long as possible. I, I held off I as did. long as I could. Oh man, I felt for you. I saw that. I was like, "What are they doing?" I I just I totally understand teams wanting depth at running back because you know they get hurt. You want to mix guys in, you know. So if Seattle would have come, you know, today on Saturday and drafted a guy in the fifth round you know, for, for depth, that'd have been like, absolutely makes perfect sense. But Walker's the guy, but to, to take the third running back overall, you know, in the second round, I, that is just a bizarre decision. And, and, you know, so now from a fantasy perspective, we're, I guess we're hoping for a 50, 50 split and there's just no third guy that ever touches the ball out of the backfield, or it's just going to be awful because yeah, I, you you and and a lot of other people were were so high in Charbonnet, and the more I'm watching him, I'm like, okay, I'm convinced he he's running back three, and then he goes to a situation where it's like, wait, you just drafted a guy and he had a good season, he, a great season, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a lose lose, right? You know, in, in terms of market share, right now I have a 45-32 split. You know, forty five to Kenneth Walker, thirty two to Zach Charbonnet. I think there's maybe a little bit of, of um, excitement, if that's the word. I, I think Sharp will get more targets because I do think he's an underrated pass catcher. And not that Kenneth Walker wasn't a fine pass catcher, but there's no you know designated third down pass catching back on this roster, right? So maybe Zach Charbonnet is the one out there on third downs. Uh, you know, we could still get 
uh, we could maybe sneak in 200 touches uh, for Zach Charbonnet. Um, and that's if you boost the Seattle uh, rushing numbers, which I kind of did. Like I, I went back and boosted their numbers a little bit um, after, you know, they ran the ball 425 times last year. What this tells me is that they want to run the ball probably 500 times this year. And that's not surprising or new to what Pete Carroll has wanted to do. So in one way, this makes sense. One way this is validating, because like you said, he was the third running back taken off the board. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, it, it's really it's really messy. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just you just got to hope that it that it pans out because you don't want to just completely fade him. I mean, the talent is there and, you know, heaven forbid, you know, something happened to Walker, you know, from an injury perspective. Well, then, I mean, the 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 sky is the is the ceiling. I mean, he's going to be amazing because we've seen, you know, what whatever running back gets the rock in, in Seattle, they they put up great stats. So that that's the upside there. And, and of course, you know, injuries do happen. So you don't want to you don't want to fade him. You don't want to, you know, all of a sudden panic and get rid of Walker. But it, it is disappointing. I, I think, you know, a couple of these other guys, though, are, are interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, we we don't know what's happening in New Orleans, right? I mean, there could be mm-hmm. a, a suspension for Kamara. So, I mean, Kendry Miller could end up being the guy, you know, right from the start. So I guess I'm I'm pretty optimistic with, with that one. I was surprised, you know, that he was what the 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 fourth running back overall taken, the second guy yesterday, I think, you know, pretty early in round so, three. Yeah. So, you know, that's clearly New Orleans is thinking about, all right, we need to, you know, short term we need to replace you know, what's going to happen with, with Kamara, but even long-term it's like Kamara's like the rest of that class of running backs. They're not getting any, any younger. So it's, it's time to think about the future. Yeah. You know, I, I think you really nailed it for me when you look at Kendra Miller. Um, but you know, you can put him. you know, and I think Miller has a little bit of a head start, but I think you can put tank Bigsby and Tajay Spears in the same bucket, right? This idea of, you know, there's going to be very few clean running back situations in fantasy football. We've seen that it's only, you know, continuing to go further down that trend. And so what I think we need to do is look at opportunities like this and say, okay, I'm going to invest my rookie pick in the opportunity, or or, or, let me rephrase that. I'm going to invest my rookie pick into the talent that I like, and I know, or I feel confident that if they're given the opportunity, injury, suspension, otherwise, where they get 200 plus touches, they're going to produce with that. They're going to run with it. They're going to keep the job, right? I, I think that's kind of how we have to start looking at these these guys in particular um, that, that got kind of messy, but it, it's an overall solid philosophy. So, you know, you look at Tank Bigsby to Jacksonville. I hate it because I like Tank a lot. Right. Uh, and I and tra- uh, Travis Etienne is w- is one of the the highest you know dynasty running backs we have ranked right now. Um, so it looks like Tank's only being super relevant if Travis Etienne goes down. But those things do happen, and Etienne's missed time already in his career. You know, Tajay Spears. We wouldn't wish anything on Derrick Henry, but he's probably not volume relevant unless Derrick Henry goes down, or you know maybe these trade rumors are true. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that one, and that that screams another situation where we might need to be patient as fantasy managers with Tajay Spears. Yeah. The, the rumors are out there on Derrick Henry. Again, not a guy that's, that's getting any younger and you know, they're, they're maybe looking for his successor and they really liked what they saw in Spears. So his rookie season, if, if, if Henry's still on the roster, 
you know, isn't going to be great. You know, you're, he's going to, you know, probably spell them, but, but they've been a, a major uh, proponent of giving a guy, you know, just a workhorse load, especially when you have, you know, the workhorse, the, the ideal workhorse back with Derrick Henry. But yeah, I, I, Spears would be a, okay, year two, maybe if, if Henry only has one more year left. Um, Bigsby was, was my most disappointing, you know, pick from, from yesterday. As, as much as we were disappointed on Charbonnet, I was so high on Bigsby. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be so good. And then he falls right into a, again, a split shared workload at best, which, you know, you, you kind of, like you said, we have to expect that more often than not. That's just the way NFL teams are, are approaching running back, but man, they just spent high draft capital on ETN. It's like, you know, we were all upset when he, when they did that, it's like, wait a minute, you just had James Robinson come off this fantastic rookie season. Then you spend a first round pick on ETN. And then now they, they do it to us again with, with tank Bigsby. So, you know, again, like you said, trust in the talent and hopefully the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm proud of us, Skip. We waited until the end of the podcast to talk about the quarterbacks. You know, I'm I'm very proud of us. Um, despite you know, there is you know, we had two oh, just two come off the board, but I do think that there's legitimate fantasy interest in both of these guys. Will Levis came off the board early second round, I believe, uh, 33, 34 to the Titans. So, um, you know, right right in that turn of the second round. Um, and then Hendon Hooker, of course, goes to the Detroit Lions later on. I believe it was top of the third round for Hendon Hooker. We had a nice little uh, Tennessee Vol run there between Hendon Hooker, uh, Jalen Hyatt, um, and, and Cedric Tillman, and then actually Byron Young a couple picks later as well. So that that was nice to see after being patient for it. But, you know, between these two guys, Skip, they're still very close in my rankings, despite a pretty decent gap in uh, the actual place that they were picked. Yeah, Levis is an interesting study. You know, he he falls out of the first round, and I was a little put off with the fact that he left Kansas City and didn't stick around because I'm like, yeah. okay, now now you're kind of showing me what you're made of, you know, mentally, and you know, the going gets tough, and you and you take off. I'm like, okay, is is he that guy whose teammates don't show up to his birthday party? You know, that <laughs> <laughs> that that's what I'm a little worried about with with Levis. They. The upside, of course, is that he is going to get an opportunity at Tennessee um, eventually. I mean, it, it it might not be this season, but you know, we all know what what's going on there. They're looking for their quarterback of the future, and, and super high draft capital in the second round. I mean, he's a second overall pick in the second round, so it it's not like he he fell you know to the third round. And in Hooker, you know, I. I talked to you about this beforehand because you know all the rumors to the Vikings <laughs> taking him early. I'm like, oh man, don't that's too early for Henry Hooker. I said if we can get him in the third round, then I'd be I'd be happy with that. Well, that's exactly what Detroit does. I'm like, God dang it, Detroit, would you stop making good decisions? But this is interesting because Goff is he had a good season last year, but are we buying into Goff or are they saying, you know what, we might let Goff play another year, maybe two. And then, yeah, Hooker will be older, but he's still, you know, 26, 27 by then. We can get a good, you know, seven, eight years from him and, and you know, a cheaper option as the rookie quarterback. So, yeah, it, it could be it could be a really nice, you know, future strategy here for both those guys. Yeah, I think you're making both of these selections with the idea that you're not getting production from them this year, right? 
for me, you know, Hendon Hooker is really interesting. Like you said, I do think it's going to be a, a legitimate quarterback battle heading into next year. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's there's different timelines that we've heard reported on Hendon Hooker. I think Hendon Hooker himself said he'd be back for week one, which, you know, of course, the player is going to say that. Um, but you could see a situation where Hooker is even pushing Jared Goff, you know, late this season. Um, because, you know, the bottom line is that when you have Hendon Hooker in that room, if Goff does slip or if he struggles or if we see shades of, you know, where he's, um, you know, been less successful with, with Los Angeles uh, before coming to Detroit, you know, then then Hooker's there, right? And Hooker has a high football IQ. He's going to have that that offense down. Um, we talk a lot about one of the disadvantages of the NFL is it's not a developmental league, right? So sometimes when you take these round three quarterbacks, you know, you're kind of saying, you know, what are the chances this guy's actually going to grow and develop into a starting quarterback? I think the benefit here is that Hendon Hooker didn't go round three because he needs to grow and develop. We've talked about his age enough. This man is developed, right? He went because of the injury. And, and so, you know, you have somebody here who you don't need to, you know, just sit and hope that he develops as, as a, you know, maturity in terms of physical and mental. He's ready to go out there and compete as soon as he's healthy. So if Goff slips, I, I do think Hooker has the chance to take that job. Although I do think Detroit legitimately likes Jared Goff, and I think they're perfectly fine if they go the next five years with a, a solidly performing Jared Goff. Um, and then with Will Levis, you know, I think Levis is going to come down to if you believed if you believed in him before the draft, you're going to take him in your rookie drafts because uh, you see that opportunity next year when Ryan Tannehill is gone. If you didn't believe in him, you kind of see somebody who could just sit on the bench a year, you know, kind of get a shot to start one or two games a la Malik Willis and then not really come through and, and have any fantasy, you know, value in a year or two. So you're probably locked into your takes on both sides of those guys, right? Pre-draft. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment for sure. I mean, I I was probably not gonna gonna take a whole lot of Levis going in just because I felt like, you know what, he's gonna he's gonna get drafted in the first round. People are just gonna take him before I'm ready to take him because I, I just don't believe that he's gonna pan out. Now he falls early second round, but people are still gonna like the landing spot. And so I think he's he's still gonna be, you know, late first round rookie pick in rookie drafts that are, you know, probably starting as soon as, you know, Monday, but, but yeah, I, I think that, that might still be too early for me. And, and I'll take my, my chance on, you know, one of the other mysteries that I have at running back and wide receiver, you know, who knows, right. Whichever guy I happen to, to fall in love with, maybe, maybe some clarity will come today. You know, some, some guy that we still like will get drafted by a, a perfect situation. He'll, he'll shoot up my, my board there, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting after the, the top seven picks. I, I think the top seven for me are, are locked in. Um, the, the one guy that I, I'd love to go back to is where do you have Devin Achain? Cause. Oh yes. All yeah. Miami does is get speed. I mean, man, that offense is fast and fun. And and they did it again here. And, and it, when, as soon as I saw that pick, I'm like, well, of course he went to the Dolphins. How did we not like just know that was going to happen? I mean, he's he's perfect for that offense. I don't know if he's going to get the volume that's going to make him as, as good of a fantasy asset as, as he will be an NFL player. Because I think from an NFL perspective, he's going to do exactly what they want to. I just don't know if he's going to get the volume, but he's intriguing. He, very intriguing. 
Yeah, you know, thanks for thanks for bringing me back to it because I, I purposely didn't lump Achain in the conversation of the other running backs we were talking about because I do think his value stands out apart from theirs. You know, I didn't expect to be here with Devin Achain uh, because I, I loved his tape, but he is a sub, you know, 190 running back and, and I don't like to lean into those guys. But when you plug him into the projections, at least for me, he does come out as a running back three right now. Uh, and then you look at his skill set and you're you're going to see somebody who has the opportunity to have some running back one weeks, right? Like I'm not saying week in and week out, he's going to put up 20 fantasy points, but there will be some weeks where he has multi-touchdown games. Uh, he's going to be an extension of the passing game as well. So, you know, I currently have him with 30% of the, the rushing share on the ground and 10% through the air. So he doesn't even have to totally crush it in terms of volume to be an effective player. I think he's going to be a highly efficient player. You know, he's probably going to be somebody that averages more than five yards when he runs the ball, but he's not going to run the ball five times in a row. So it's going to be an opportunity where I think you're going to have to be willing to ride the wave, play matchups, look for those uh, big electric weeks. Now, I hate to use this phrase, but better in best ball, you know, Achin might kind of be a real definition player for that as well. I think he's going to I think he's going to, you know, end up settling right into running back three in my rankings. And I just did not think I was going to be there. Yeah, that that's definitely higher than than I'm going to have. I'm just just because of the of the size, and I, I I prefer running backs that I think can get more volume, and and definitely running backs that I feel confident are going to get opportunities at the goal line because you know touchdowns are huge. But but it's just an exciting it's an exciting landing spot for me from an NFL standpoint. I think that that team's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what's going to be really fun to watch, Skip, is day three of the draft. Um, coming into the audio feed tomorrow as well will be uh, our immediate post-NFL draft rookie mock draft. So we will have an immediate reaction there that will kind of help you break down the tiers and understand our values, you know, where you might want to trade around in your drafts. I think that's what's going to be really helpful uh, as we're kind of reacting to landing spots through these episodes that mock draft should really help give you an idea of kind of how these guys compare against each other. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, really looking forward to continuing to put out the content here. You're pretty much going to continue to get an episode in your feed every day for the next week or so. Really appreciate all the support over at patreon.com slash rookie big board. Uh, a lot of people are just jumping in now and, and saying, I'm just subscribing because we appreciate all the work you're putting out. So you know, you take you can take advantage of the resources. You could show us support. Either way, it's just three dollars a month. You can head on over to patreon.com slash rookie big board and skip. I appreciate you being here up early on a Saturday morning to give us the reactions as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a blast. It's so much fun to talk about. This is you know one of the best weekends of the year. We prep for it so much. So just enjoy it. And and day three should be you know exciting and fun and hopefully. Hopefully a little better from a, a fantasy perspective. We don't have quite as many head-scratching decisions by these NFL teams. We can only hope. All right, Skip, <laughs> time for another cup of coffee. And as always, we appreciate you checking out this episode of The Rookie Big Board.